0: Welcome to Myth Monsters, my name's Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as i am about these absolute legends of the mythological world we've got a new type of monster this week to kind of finish off november it's a biblical monster that isn't far from the truth yes this week we are looking into the four horsemen of the apocalypse i did say last week that i tend to steer away from this kind of stuff but if it's revolving around a practising religion, I'm going to be very careful. I think it's been done to death already, excuse the pun. So there's not really much blasphemy going on from me that hasn't been done already. So I think we're going to be okay with this. One. Anyway, the four horsemen were originally from biblical mythology. They were mentioned in the Old and the New Testament, and therefore have been around in folklore and literature for a really, really long time. Funnily enough, there are technically four monsters to cover this week, they are very literally four horsemen who bring an element of the apocalypse each, but each will have their own description later on, we're going to kind of zhuzh it up this week, and we're going to do the origin first, rather than the description of the monsters, I think that's a lot easier, all you need to know this second is that they are horsemen, there are four of them, and we're going to get into them later. <laughs> but Either way, I think it makes more sense for this episode to start with their origin, as most people kind of already know what I'm talking about. So first, we have to start with this. The four horsemen originally came from the book of Ezekiel, followed by the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament. This was then followed by Revelation in the New Testament. These books are obviously centuries of years old. No one knows who wrote... Bible or the Torah or whatever. So if you're looking for an answer to that, you're certainly listening to the wrong podcast. (laughs) We are going to focus on the revelation style telling, as this is the most fleshed out within these stories. And also it's the newest one, if you can say that about the Bible. So we're going to focus on that one. The story behind this is that God apparently has a scroll in his right hand, which is sealed with seven seals of the apocalypse tells the end of all time, as predicted by John of Patmos, who wrote Revelation, by the way. As each seal is broken, a new judgment is unleashed upon the earth, with the final one spelling oblivion. These seals can only be opened by the Lamb of God, who is in fact Jesus Christ. Jesus one day was told that he was worthy of opening the scroll, and it seems curiosity got the better of him, and knowing that these judgments created the apocalypse, he read the first four of the seven seals, and with each of the seals emerged a different horseman. Now, we'll get into who they all are, see, it's leading up, you're only three and a half minutes in, something like that, you're good. The first to emerge came with the following scripture. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals, then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come and see, I looked and there before me was a white horse, its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. None of the first three horsemen have ever been given names, so they have been left open to interpretation based on the above passages and what they look like. The first horseman rode out on this stunning white horse and is often referred to as Conquest. However, this horseman has also been linked to pestilence, which is the spread of disease. And personally, this is how I've always known and interpreted this character. The reason for this is that bows were often seen as signs of infectious disease, as the Greek god Apollo would spread pestilence with his arrows, and people would very often use poison-tipped arrows in conquest. The description of this character varies from a godly king to a disease-ridden peasant still carrying his bow. We also have a great chance and opportunity here to look at how the romans interpreted these considering they were some of the earliest biggest christian civilizations and the romans believed that the four horsemen represented the roman empire and how it would fall rather than the apocalypse itself which really is quite short-sighted in hindsight i don't think they thought that it would go any further than the roman empire so go them i suppose they believed this horseman to be conquest which is a positive figure within their mythos, who would lead the Romans to victory with bow in hand and crown on head. Sometimes he's even considered a figure of the Antichrist, representing the first steps of downfall for humanity, and to mock that the Lamb of God was the only one to be able to open these seals. Also due to his white horse, which represents purity and godliness, so that's kind of an interesting reason I don't personally see this as conquest is mainly because it's far too similar to the next horseman, and there is no point having two of the same ilk. But the second horseman emerged as so. When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come and see. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given the power to take from the earth and to make men slay each other to him was given a large sword you might be able to guess this one and this one's probably the least interesting because there aren't many differing alternatives but the red rider is almost always associated with the idea of war ready to charge into battle and full of rage war is one of the most well recognized horsemen and is one that almost all of us have been exposed to at some point in our lives War is described as a mighty warrior, a fiery demon, but always with his sword raised high, which is big talk for being ready for battle, or ready to spill blood, with his red horse fully equipped with armour. There aren't really many differing interpretations of this horseman as I said, this one does seem pretty clear and set in which one he represents. The Romans, however, believed that war was the sign of civil war throughout the empire, and the beginning of the downfall of their society. He would sometimes be depicted as the christian slaughterer and he would purge christianity from the earth which is obviously quite a big deal considering these monsters are from the bible so it's again an interesting little tidbit there now we'll move on to the third the third horseman when he emerged it was said when the lamb opened the third seal i heard the third living creature say come and see I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in its hand, then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine." Now you might be struggling to place this one, and honestly from this extract I was too. The horseman is the embodiment of famine. All of the wheat and food objects that the quote refers to is in regards to the destruction of crops, and yet the higher classes is being unaffected because the wine and the olives are untouched, so this kind of represents the starving of the general populace. Famine is usually described as a gaunt, black famished man who rides a horse of an equally thin measure. He always will have the scales, and sometimes this is interpreted as a headpiece, rather than him holding them. This was to weigh out the pittance of food people would get for their coin. There are some debates as to whether famine could also be injustice due to this, and also due to the use of the scales, but it's widely considered that famine is pretty, pretty much probably worst. The Romans interpreted this really interestingly, actually. They focused more on the horse than the rider, The black horse was a symbol of evil unleashed, and a black hand holding the scales represented the evil's hand in famine and injustice. As Roman taxes were so extortionate and would benefit just the emperor, it was very often linked to poverty and how the Roman dignitaries would eventually suffer from their own greed. But lastly, the rider who came forth is possibly the most famous and the only named figure within this story. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come and see. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. As the scroll says, this horseman was the embodiment of Death. Death is described in most retellings of what this is, as we imagine, the Grim Reaper to kind of look like, a skeletal figure holding a scythe, dressed in his hooded cape, with a very wide open mouth. Due to the involvement of Hades in this tale, some say that Death is actually the god Thanatos, who acts as the Grim Reaper in Greek mythology, and Hades is giving him permission to collect the souls of the dead as he's king of the underworld. Other interpretations say that the mention of Hades is actually alluding to the place Hades, which is what some people call the underworld. Although his horse is described as pale and skeletal, death is usually associated with a sickly green in interpretations, symbolising decay of the body. Within the scripture for this horseman, it mentions the other horsemen too and their effects on the world, such as killed by sword with war, famine with famine, and plague with pestilence. He also mentions the wild beasts of the earth, but we've got the four in there. But he has the power to take life with all of the horseman's powers. And the last bit of the Roman stuff... This for the Romans actually symbolised the complete destruction of the Roman Empire, which was considered basically the end days of their civilization, So an apocalypse in some kind of sense in actuality this happened in 268 AD this all came to pass with the death of Emperor Gallienus with it fell the Roman Empire followed by the plague of Cyprian in 250 AD that resulted in the deaths of 5,000 Romans a day and with that a surging animal population so you know I talked about the wild beasts well there they are then came a war with Irelian, who revived the Roman Empire and became emperor, but not to the same standard as before. It wasn't the same Roman Empire. And that's it for the Roman Empire. That That was it done, pretty much. So I guess it was kind of an apocalypse or an end of civilization as we know it. So they weren't too far off. However, in the biblical text, once the release of all four of these happened, they rode across the land and wrecked havoc upon the earth for the rest of time. They were never resealed. However, it seems the rest of the seven were also not opened. Thank goodness. Well done, Jesus. Well done. <laughs> so either way, we have these four absolute monsters of society and civilization roaming about to this day. And that's kind of where all of that came from. I think it's a really interesting story. Anyway, we'll move on to cultural significance. There's a nice little chunk of modern media here, actually. For art, there are a few, such as The Horseman of the Apocalypse from 1497, and Night, Death, and the Devil from 1513 by Albrecht Durer. Death on a Pale Horse by Benjamin West from 1817, or my absolute favourite portrait, which is just titled Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse by Viktor Vasnetsov in 1887, which is just unbelievably gorgeous. I cannot stress this enough, you need to look at this painting, it's beautiful. In movies, you kind of think they would be in more, but they're actually only in a little few. They're in The Crow Wicked Prayer, Now You See Me, X-Men Apocalypse, Horseman, Four Horseman of the Apocalypse, which is the title of two separate movies, and that's in 1921 and in 1962. So actually, not very much going on here. For TV, they're in a couple like Dexter, Digimon, Highlander, Babylon 5, Charmed, Supernatural, Sleepy Hollow, The Real Ghostbusters, Misfits, Good Omens, and the X-Men animated TV series from the 90s, which, as you know, I adored. In video games, we've got games like Afterlife, Binding of Isaac, The Darkness, Final Fantasy 7, Payday 2, Red Dead Redemption, World of Warcraft, RuneScape, Guild Wars, but the biggest one by far is definitely Darksiders. In the first game you play as War, the second game you play as Death, the third you play as Fury, and there's also a fourth game somewhere, I think it's Mobile, I've never played it, you play as the final horseman Strife in their universe. So. They're really fun and can certainly teach you a lot about their kind of history. Obviously they do use differing names and attitudes with fury and strife taking over from pestilence and famine, but they don't really do the same thing either so I can't really say that they take any inspo, but they're really interesting characters especially if you're into that kind of gameplay. My book recommendation for this week would be The Christian Mythology, Revelations of Pagan Origins by Philippe Walter for all the interesting bits of Christian myths that also fall over with paganism, if you're into that kind of stuff. Myths and Rituals in Christianity by Alan Watts is another one. However, as Christianity is still a main practised religion, it's a bit tricky to find a specific monster book. So I hope you enjoy these ones that I found on mythology within religion. But I haven't got one specifically on monsters, I'm afraid. I am sorry. Now it's time for Do I Think They existed? Existed? Now this is where this episode gets a bit tricky, because I am personally not a Christian, so I do not believe in the Christian apocalypse, however, as they do embody very human elements of disease, famine, war, death, realistically these all exist within our world, so who's to say that they do not exist in reality, yes they may not be marching across our skies on horses made of fire and bone, but they are something that is prevalent in all of our lives anywhere you go. So so I don't imagine it's too mad and far-fetched to think these kind of things could embody as something differently instead. But the idea of four mythical horsemen wrecking havoc on the world because one dude opened up a piece of paper in curiosity? I love it. And I've always found the idea of the Horsemen really cool, ever since I saw them in the X-Men series when I was a kid. And these were just mutants. They weren't the original Horsemen of the Apocalypse. They all had like cool mutant powers to do with them. But I think the Four Horsemen idea is very, very cool. And a lot of people were very excited for this episode, so I hope you enjoyed it. When I was writing up this episode, which I did with my last two episodes, as I was on a roll at 2am at the beginning of November, (laughs) I thought to myself, Why did i leave this one so late when these ones are so unbelievably cool and all of them have really differing interpretations of what they can be and how they can affect the world i just generally think they're really really cool so i'm gutted i actually left them this long but it's done now there you go Next week, it's another first for this month. I'm just unbelievably blown away. Technically, it will be the first week of December, but we're heading over to Arabic mythology for the first time for a look at the mythical bird, the rock. Get your wings out and fly away with us next Thursday for this amazing bird. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. All of our content, as always, can be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. You can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast. That would be an amazing help and I would love you forever. Come join the fun, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. I'll see you later babes.